just how many times has someone told you that you need to lower or watch your salt intake? You have high blood pressure. Lower your salt. Don't eat too much salt. Salt causes heart disease. Absolutely not. Guys, we're here to talk today about the good, bad, and ugly when it comes to salt. Because really, salt is what makes our heart pump and our muscles contract and our lives exist. It's not a bad thing. But we have to acknowledge the sweet spots and find our happy place with salt. Otherwise, it just becomes problematic and for so many reasons. So I hope you enjoy this episode. There's lots of considerations here and it's short and sweet, but it's a good one as usual on the Whole Healing Podcast, Mind, Body, and Food, all the love. The Whole Healing Podcast, healing through nutrition by connecting your mind, body, and food. with with my client about salt they're like isn't salt bad for you I'm like no <laughs> yeah yeah I wow salt just like I think we talked last week about saturated fat gets um quite the reputation um and I I think most of that is probably related to blood pressure uh as you know I think we we would agree there well but it's, yeah. Can we talk about that, that, please? Can we talk about that? Because, yeah. like, I think here's the distinction that nobody understands is that salt doesn't cause high blood pressure. It just mm-hmm. exacerbates an already damaged or high blood pressure, right? And so when people eat salt, it, it pulls all of that water into your bloodstream because you have to maintain this osmotic pressure balance, right? With like solutes and solvents. Um, and so if you have a lot of salt and a lot of, you know, water in your tissues and then you pull it into your blood veins, your heart has to pump harder to push all that extra blood volume. But the important part is the arteries, right? Like if your arteries are stiff and we had this conversation with like rancid vegetable oils, if your arteries are stiff, then your heart has to pump harder to push that blood through a stiff artery versus a flexible one. And we were like, I was describing, like, you guys ever go to like Cracker Barrel and get the balloon animals or wherever they do the balloon animals. Like that's what we want our arteries to look and feel like it's flexible, like balloons, like these long balloons of tubes. Um, and that, and that can't happen if we have, honestly, I think what it comes down to and tell me what you guys think, but I think it comes down to stress and cortisol and the hardening of the arteries there. Yeah. In terms of what is like bigger of a factor that can lead to the blood pressure. Yep. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. I, I fully agree. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. So that I, I think it's, uh, it's not as big of a player as we once thought. Uh, in terms of blood pressure, I think you, you kind of nailed it on the head there, Jenna. I mean, it, and I, it, going back again to like the RDAs and what really established those. And that's also, I think, fluctuated throughout the years. I think it's you know, 2,500 milligrams at one point, 2,300, 1,500, I, you know, I think has been tossed around too. So is there, um, I, is, is Jack, is there a recommendation, RDA re- recommended dietary allowance that the government recommends for athletes? I, no, I don't think so. I think RDAs are strictly based on just age groups. And then the only special populations are pregnancy or, or lactation, um, elderly. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think yeah, RDAs are outside of that area have been established. So yeah, athletes, cause there's so much yeah, variability. I think what type of athlete, what condition you're in, but you make a good point. Yes. For certain populations like that, where the, 
you lose a ton of salt in your in your sweat, your your needs are going to be higher, and you you absolutely need sodium. If you don't have adequate amounts of sodium, especially as an athlete, you can come. You can, well, of course, dehydration is going to be a major factor, but issues with your heart and contraction there, um, and muscle contraction too, can play a role. So yeah, heart health can be compromised if you don't get enough in certain situations. How much do you recommend as far as salt for an athlete in a day? If like they're high intensity and sweating and it's summertime and it's like worst case scenario. Yeah. Um, it, it, again, depends on like someone's sweat rate that can vary quite a bit, but usually it's like the recommendations 500 to a thousand milligrams every hour of high intensity activity. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, that's, you know, that's when a, uh, the sports drink that has added sodium is perfect. That's when we should have it. It's the best way to take it in when you are losing it like that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's in that ballpark is, but overall throughout the day for a yeah, competitive athlete who's, who's training or competing one to two hours, uh, maybe even more a day. Yeah. It's probably going to be like 33,000, between like 3,000, 5,000 milligrams okay. a day, you know, somewhere yeah. in there. That's about what I do too. I like that. And then you tell people like, Hey, you should be eating 5,000 milligrams of salt a day. And people freak. They're like, Oh my gosh, yeah. that's so much salt. And it's like, well, if you're sweating, like it, you're like, you're not just sweating out water, you're sweating out salt. And, and I don't think people realize like when you drink water and put it into your cells that have a fat layer, like a fat membrane, like the gateway into your cells, is all fat. Like that's like putting a positive charged battery end into a negative charged battery end. It, it repels each other. And so you can drink water all day, but if you're not shuttling that negative ion into the positive ion with another negative ion carrier, such as salt, then you're really not going to, you're really not going to get, and actually it's positive ion, isn't it? NA plus. Yeah. So sodium. Yeah. So you have to have that carrier. And at the same time too, I would say, cause people are like, Oh, like I eat a high sodium diet. And then I go work out and then I drink water. It's like, no, no, no. The timing is everything. You have to have that salt with the water after the sweating. <laughs> it's a good point. It's a good point. Yep. Agreed. And the right, right ratio too. So that's why like sports drinks are typically formulated to have that right, right amount of yeah, sodium, potassium. Um, yeah. But that needs to be adjusted depending on the activity. Again, it's, it's a, it is an essential nutrient, right? We still, we need it. We, we do need sodium. We need salt. Um, but yeah, do you think there should be a line? Like, well, how much really is too much for general population? Yeah, completely. And I mean, this is something that I talk about with my, um, patients too, of like, look at the color of your urine as well. Like, I think a lot of times we were raised thinking that it needs to be this clear color. Um, and that shows you're hydrated, but if it's clear, they're finding that that's over hydration. So you're getting rid of all these really, you're not absorbing that water. You're not getting hydrated. So you're looking for that like pale yellow colors like that ideal range. You don't want it too dark, but you really don't want it too clear because you're overhydrating. You're not getting that um, in your cells and you're not feeling the benefits of like actual hydration. Um, and then I think a good telltale sign is too, if, if you're drinking water and you're running to the bathroom right after, like within that half hour range, again, you're not probably soaking up that water um, content. So Emily, what do you see in like your women populations as far as sodium intake and sodium needs? Yeah. So I find that again, I think sodium is one of those things that stay away from sodium is going to make me bloated. It's going to make me puffy. It's going to make me feel inflamed. And if you're experiencing, I look at hydration, that's like number one that I look at. Um, but number two, I think that we need to look at sodium, potassium, magnesium, these other minerals as well, and making sure we're getting that in there too. Um, I think 
as far as like the needs go, similar with athletes, we're all going to have different needs based on activity, lifestyle, hormones. But overall, I think that there's a fear of sodium. Um, And I think that if we look at the quality of our sodium as well, um, making sure that it's not in my opinion, I think like processed sodium, like when you're doing processed food, that's going to be a lot different than adding like Himalayan sea salt or like Celtic sea salt to your foods. Um, if you're going for like really um, highly processed foods with that sodium content, that's very different than again, doing vegetables, meats with added salt from like a really nice source. You're getting more minerals. That's the benefit, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think of like iodine too, because I, I don't know how many like food product companies are using iodized sea salt. I mean, back in the day, it's, it was good to have iodine and like the iodine's so, so, so important for a healthy thyroid, but I, ha- I have read literature that shows you can get too much iodine. And so if you're always using iodized salt, are you getting enough or too much? It's a tricky balance. I'd rather, I'd rather supplement honestly, than just play guess and check with salt. So that's an interesting mm. concept. I didn't even think about that. Brittany, um, back home, Philippines, what I'm, I'm curious if you can, yeah, speak about like salt intake there. Cause I think about Asian populations and you know, yeah, Japanese and like ton of salt, right. With, with, uh, like ramen and, you know, a lot of things. Uh, but I, from what I know, like blood pressure is pretty low overall when you look at big populations with, with Asia. And so like that, that's, that's something that probably not a lot, lot, a lot of us think about in the U S I think, um, what Jenna mentioned earlier is also it applies to our population because they'll say like, Oh, don't eat too much salt. That's bad for you. Or, but a lot of our, so especially in the Philippines, we eat a lot of seafood from salt water so they you know those the fish they tell us all the time right the bigger the fish the more the mercury but we also miss out on the fish that they live in salt water so they naturally have you know the salt in them um we eat a lot of rock salt um that comes from the sea as well so that's what we season our food with. We also eat a lot of like smoke stuff. So what we normally do with the smoke stuff, we soak it in salt or then, then we are the fermented fish, for example, and the shrimp, the sauces that we use, super salty. Uh, we use a lot of soy sauce as well, super salty as well. Um, but I remember though, I remember my dad had a, had a heart attack. On the door, I will never forget, it says no sodium on the door. Um, and my dad said, he, he liked to just doctor himself. He said, like, well, how can I survive with no sodium? I need sodium. How is my body going to retain the minerals that I'm taking in if there's no sodium? Because that's essentially the foundation to it all, to, to retain stuff. And, you know, he was arguing with the doctor. I'm never going to forget that. I'm like, no sodium. You know, because normally, yeah, they say, you know, it's, it's related to heart attack. But he said, I'm going to have sodium. Playing soccer, when we used to like go to like, we, I remember when we went to Australia and played the soccer and um, it was hot. They used to give us salt tablets to put under our tongues. Um, and then that's what we would keep in our tongues when we were playing on the game under our tongues. As far as like salt, I mean, we we use a lot of salt. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, um, I know, I, I remember just coming out here you know, don't eat too much salt or don't eat too many like preserved foods because especially if it's preserved with salt, we have a lot of like dried fish, salt. That's really the core of it. Dried squid, it's salt. A lot of times we'll use vinegar. Yeah. Vinegar to neutralize the salted fish because it's so salty, but we don't, yeah. We'll like dip it in like vinegar to neutralize the saltiness. Um, And then we eat it with rice. 
Yeah, yeah. So, we need a lot of salt. Yeah, tomato yeah. with salt, onions with salt. Yeah, I think it's a it's the, the speaking of the culinary world, it's it's us essential to bring out flavors of many foods. Uh, it really is. It's not. I mean, yeah, some people can certainly over salt and they I, like try try to hide. I don't know something that's kind of bland, but that you know if you use it in the right ways, it can enhance a lot of dishes. There's that side too. I think overall, there's there's other there's there bigger things to worry about in the new whole nutrition picture to try to really limit. And so, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to make one argument for this. And this is really, really interesting. And this is the one thing that I've been like, Ooh, salts can be problematic. Um, is the, um, the emerging research that's showing salt effect on our dopamine pathways, right? Cause there mm -hmm. are people who have a high affinity for addictive like behaviors and salt can be a trigger because it stimulates the mesolimbic pathway and the dopamine release in, in, in the nucleus acumens, um, part of our brain that's associated with pleasure and reward. And so if somebody has an addictive personality, um, or if they just, you know, have, um, addictive like behaviors to food, right. Um, and then you stimulate that with salt and you really saw that dopamine. Like uh, I have a lot of people who will eat potato chips and then they'll crave chocolate and they're like, what in the world's going on? And it's mm -hmm. like, well, your dopamine pathways are stimulated. That could be it. Um, and it's actually, I don't know if you guys have heard of this. This is really like, honestly, this is not something that's ever, um, discussed in like the nutrition world, but like there's the gustatory cortex, which is the, um, the pathway from like our tongue, the neural pathway from our tongue to our brain. And it connects right to the mesolimbic pathway that where that dopamine is released. And so when we have either sweet or, or salty taste receptors stimulated on our taste buds, that sends a signal through our gustatory cortex to our, our dopamine pathways in our brain to release pleasure and dopamine. And so when people get those, those sensations and they, and they, they essentially beat down their dopamine receptors and then, and then all of a sudden they develop like dependency, like traits to mm. these foods cravings you know what i mean like that's something that i think should be really considered as far as like addictive personality and populations because um because i think that it makes a difference with like triggers and stimulation and so how do you get around that right you can't just go no salt Brittany's so right i love that story of, of of your dad in the hospital like that's so beautiful that he was in tune enough to say hey i need some salt just not too much but i mean for people like that I think it's really fascinating, like the idea of like bypassing the gustatory cortex by taking sodium capsules, right? And like not not stimulating your taste buds with salt, but still giving yourself the salt that you need to pump your blood and contract your muscles. Um, completely not evidence based. Completely, you know, um, like a hypothetical, but in a self-experimental, uh, position, does it help you? I would be curious to, I'd be curious to know, you know what I mean? So I think that's something to consider as far as mental health nutrition. I think that's a good, really good point. You always got to think about like these indirect effects, like if okay, is increasing this going to lead to increasing that, or I feel like artificial sweeteners, that's a whole nother thing. Is that, you know, directly, maybe not as bad, but is it going to create more affinity for sweet foods or that, you know, yeah, that's a, that's a, yeah, it's very important to look at the whole picture. And I think when we work with people, you know, we're, we're able to, to notice those kind of triggers. If someone, you know, does have serious cravings and snacks a lot and they have a lot of salty foods, maybe that is a very appropriate intervention for us to talk about. That's a good point. Can we talk about artificial sweeteners on our next podcast, please? Please, 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 please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Love Speaking it. Stellar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, okay. A lot of questions there for sure. All right. All right. Bring it on. Awesome guys. You're amazing. I just love hearing everybody's inputs. It's, it makes my, it makes my day. So thank you so much for, for, for doing that.